All right, everybody. Welcome to the Life Point Table Talk podcast. My name is Jason, and I am joined today by the lovely Pastor Katrina. It's good to be here. Really, I'm glad. Good to have you. And we are coming in here at week 15 in our Bible reading reflection. And uh, this is Easter week, Holy Week. Yes, yes it is. And a lot going on and um, excited about Easter. And we've got a lot going on in our reading. Got a lot to cover here. So today we are going to cover... 1 Samuel 1 through 18 and Luke 12 through 15. Uh, So this time I'd like to start with our New Testament reading first. We're doing something a little different. Doing something a little different today. Yeah, we we like to uh, jump around a little bit because the Old Testament, there's usually so much more of it. You get stuck talking about that forever. Yeah, so. and then we go about one minute on the yeah, new. Right, so right. I like this. I so think we'll start great. in Luke. Uh, we're starting off here in Luke 12. And it starts off here. Uh, it's really intense. It's saying thousands of people uh, have come to see Jesus to the point that they're trampling each other. <laughs> it's a phenomenon. It's like uh, Beatlemania or something. There you go. Going on. The popularity of his ministry in the beginning. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Amazing. And right in the middle of it, he's telling his disciples to beware the Pharisees. And what you say in the dark will be revealed in the light. You know, that is a key thing to remember. Whatever you've done and hid it, it's going to be revealed. And how many times have people done things that are wrong? Mm-hmm. And tried to hide it, and it, it, even as a kid, you try yeah. to hide it, and it comes right. out. But that should show you, even as an adult, when you try to hide those things that are wrong, they're going to be revealed. You might as well confess it, yeah, and get it forgiven, and go on, right? Yeah. And it goes on there. He's talking about um, this is really intense. Don't fear those that who can kill your body, but the, fear the one who can throw you into uh, hell. Well, that's true. The one that can that can turn you away from God and you're lost and go to hell mm-hmm. is the one you need to be aware of, mm-hmm. not just one that's persecuting you. Right, but he's, he's also pointing out that to, right, yeah, to be, fear the Lord, basically. Yes, right. because he's the one that he, will rescue you, really. He, yeah. That's what he's saying. Regardless of whether your body gets taken or not, know where you're going. Yep, so. and it goes through here, there's a, it's kind of, telling the story but also a lot of teaching throughout this so it's going in and out it's of all his red teaching. letter you want to it's read a this lot. it's a, yeah. a lot and i love this part where he talks about god's love for us mm. that we're more valuable than the birds yeah and he says that more than once and he said god even counts the hairs on your head yeah keeps count of them and he has to keep count because i lose a lot of them every day yeah like a lot of people and the detail of God's love for us is amazing. Yeah. And then Jesus talks about if we'll confess him before men, he will confess us before God and before his angels. So, but if we deny him, we'll be denied right. before God and his angels. Sorry, I never knew you. So yeah. there's something about being a witness or not being afraid to say, yes, I am a Christian. I'm a believer. 
Yeah. I believe in him. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it gives you more and more boldness if you'll do that. Yeah, and it's interesting you're talking about boldness. It goes right into from that saying that uh, don't be afraid of what to say to authorities. I know it. He's saying there, and yeah. uh, the Holy Spirit will teach you or And I found that to be to true. I found yeah. that to be true. People have, you know, they hear, and especially... Um, Sometimes even when they hear your pastor's wife, you've been a Christian a long time, or you never really got to do this or that, and they try to make fun of you. But then the boldness and the love that you have for God that comes out, it kind of silences them. Mm. They don't know what to think. So That's um, great. And he's going on to talk about, it's interesting, these guys try to get him to settle an argument, uh, <laughs> these two brothers, and yeah. he won't do it. He says, who am I to settle your argument? Yeah. Go figure it out. That shows you that God allows us to make decisions. Hmm. You you make this decision. Yeah, uh, You're created in my image. You've got a brain. Come on. You can make practical decisions. You don't have to have God wisdom for everything. Yeah. Some things are just common sense. Yeah. And he goes on to give uh, a warning there about being greedy and covetous um, and basically... Owning lots of, of stuff and things does not uh, keep your soul safe. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you use it wisely. Well, and he talks about the parable of the rich, selfish farmer. Hmm. You see that part where he said, oh, I've got so much. I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm going to build bigger. And, right. and it's all about me. And that's the greed. All about me, 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 all about me. And God says, you're foolish. Because tonight you're going to die. Yeah. Your soul's going to be required of you. And how many do we see that of millionaires, billionaires, and their life ends quickly or shortly? That mm. they don't fulfill their whole life. And it's not just things. It is just what Jesus said. They kill your body. That's one thing. If they take your soul. That's another. Yeah. Be right toward God. And it's interesting because it seems like it's not just. Um, it's not just like against things. It's, it's also about using it. Yes. Use what you have. Yes. If, if you've been given a lot, use it. Don't yes. just put it away and think and, you're going to be able to store and, it up for something. Yes, you need and to use it he, while you yeah. got it. Isn't that what he showed this about this farmer? Yeah. He said, I'm going to build, build, build a bigger barn for me, mm -hmm. not to share my goodness and mm -hmm. what God's blessed me with, but for me, 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 me. Yeah. Be because it's interesting, it goes on, then he goes into talking about not worrying, don't yes. worry about what you'll eat and drink and wear, uh, it, it, but then he's saying God knows your needs. Yes. It's, That's not, why like, you it's not like those things aren't important. Right. You know what I mean? We're right. saying you don't seek those things, but you need, you need, you need things. And he it's goes right back to what we hear. Impractical. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then these things come. Yeah. So, and he said, that's why you don't have to worry. Yeah. And he goes again and talks about, look at the birds. Hmm. Aren't you more valuable than the birds? Yeah. Consider how I clothe the, the fields with lilies and grass. Don't I take care of them? Don't you think you're more valuable than flowers and, and grass and, hmm. and everything else? Yeah. So you, the thing is to think on the goodness of God. Yeah. The goodness of God. And, uh... He goes on, and it's uh, he's talking. Well, actually, the end of that I love. It says at the end of where he's saying, "Seek to seek first the kingdom of God, and then these things will be added to you." 
it says God, it's God's pleasure to give to you. Isn't that a beautiful statement? Yeah. I love that. And so it's, it, it can get a little, um, sort of a whiplash when it's talking about this. Cause it's like, are the things good? Or are they bad? Are things bad? Is money bad? You know, but he's, then he's ending saying, no, God knows those things are good. And he yeah. wants to give you good things. Yeah. Just don't make your life about the stuff. Just use it for his glory. Yeah. That's yeah. the whole purpose. Yeah. And and he said, be a giver. Give generously to the Lord's work because giving reveals your heart. Someone said you can know how much someone loves the Lord by looking at their checkbook. Mm. He said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Mm. So your your heart is shown in your giving. And then I've got three things that I saw. Mm-hmm. Be watchful for the Son of Man is coming when you yeah. think not. Be faithful until the Lord's coming for you're going to receive great rewards and discern the times. Be aware of the times and seasons. Realize. Take a look around. And boy, if we ever need to be aware of the times and seasons, it's right now. That Mm -hmm. is for sure. That is for sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's so much here. Before we move on to 13, I just love the, the, well, it's, it's amazing the part where he's talking about he didn't come to bring peace but division. Yeah, over him, the sword <laughs> over him, and uh, he li- literally says he came to set fire to the earth. Um, so intense, yeah. Um, and ha- and it has brought where people have become saved, and their family says, "What in the world has happened to you?" And it causes division in the family. But you, this is what I found out. Usually, in a situation like that. That person that's received Christ, if they will continue in the love of Christ, they'll win that family. Hmm. And the division dissipates, and you see them coming in one by one. Look yeah. how many mamas have prayed for their kids, <laughs> uh, Jason. <laughs> and uh, they come in to the Lord. <laughs> true. True. All right, we'll move on here to 13. Uh, it starts off talking about, uh, this is fascinating, Pilate had killed a bunch of Galileans. Um, in a really terrible way. I think it was in the temple. Is that right? Yeah. He murdered a bunch of people. Yeah. And then another incident, a tower had fell, uh, just took some crazy accident, fell and killed like 18 people. And um, Jesus is responding to these incidents. And he's saying, were these people bad or worse sinners because this happened? And he says, no. But if you don't repent, you'll die like they did. Um, I'm sure there's different ways to look at his response there. Yeah. Um, well, he, I think he's saying that accidents can happen and persecution can happen to Christians and non-Christians. And uh, I think we're going back to who can destroy the body or the soul uh, is really what he's saying. Because we are having Christians that are being martyred all over the place, all over the world. and uh, Well, it's uh, interesting. It, the but way, he said, who sinned here? Did they sin because they had an accident? Yeah, he phrases it that way, which is interesting, which is it's sort of like the, the, uh, the world has been off track a long time yeah. and been, you know, reverberating out in these uh, 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 sort of echoes of from the past 
of just things gone wrong and sin. Well, the and curse from Adam. The curse you go from all Adam. the way back so from Adam. So it's hitting people who didn't necessarily have anything to do with it. Yeah. Some of these, were they bad because it happened? You say, yeah. well, the, no. this place is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of bad stuff is going to happen. Yeah. So you better repent and be ready. That's the whole point. Be you went ready. Right back to there. Be ready. Uh, because uh, you don't know. Calamity is going to happen yeah. on the planet, yeah. you know, basically. Um, right after that, also he talks about the, he gives a parable about a fig tree. Mm-hmm. A man has a fig tree, but it's not producing any fruit year after year. He wants to cut it down. But the vineyard keeper convinces him not to cut it down and to give it another year to see if it can uh, produce any fruit. That's right there with that other conversation i know it uh which is really i I feel i don't know my my when i was reading it it felt like he's saying you've got a chance to do right right now you better do it because i can't promise you tomorrow (laughs) here's the patience of god doesn't that show the patience of god Mm. give him another chance give him another year see this this fig tree give it another year give that man give that woman another year yeah Um, then Jesus heals a woman who for 18 years was oppressed by a a demon that is bent over and couldn't straighten up. Now notice in these, the rest of this, you'll see two healings on the Sabbath. And that upset the Pharisees and Sadducees traditions. Because when he heals this woman with the spirit of infirmity, she was bent over. Yeah. And he said, woman, thou art loosed. And she straightened up and they called that work (laughs) on the Sabbath. You shouldn't do this work on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And he said, shouldn't this child of God be loosed from Satan on the Sabbath? It says how he humiliated them by pointing out that they helped their donkeys and their kids on the Sabbath. But not this woman. Why wouldn't I help this woman? She's She's a daughter of Abraham. Yep, yep. Uh, and it says the crowds cheered for it. And they just were... <laughs> yeah, amazing. I think they were mad because the crowds were cheering. Yeah. Um, well, I think it started off with all the crowds that were overwhelming him. Yeah. There were so many. His popularity. And they are being diminished, and he's being raised up at this mm. time. Um, he gives a, a famous example. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Yeah. It grows to become a tree, and birds have their nests in it. It's amazing. We've been to Israel many times, and at the wall, there are um, uh, mustard seed trees, Hmm. and they're growing right out. And it's weird because here the mustard seed's tiny, tiny, and the trees are big, Mm -hmm. and they've got big branches. They don't cut them down. They just let them grow and grow all over the place, Mm -hmm. right out of, looks like out of cement or gravel, and that shows you that the kingdom of God, wherever it goes, if it's just a seed, it'll grow. Wow. No matter where it's planted. Awesome. Um, let's see. He's asked about the last judgment, who will make it in and who won't. Um, there's a long uh, sort of explanation there uh, about people who think they're going to get in because of their works and yep. don't get in. And those are their traditions. Some people <laughs> who get in, who people didn't think they were going to get in, and um, at the end of it, he says, "Some, some who are last will be first, and some who are first will be last." Yeah. 
Uh, he's sort of turning turning things on the on its head there. Yeah. Just know that God is just. Hmm. And he tells them to strive to enter into the straight gate. Yeah. To go go in the right direction. Do what is right because it is right. Yeah. And I love this part too, where the disciples come to him. Herod's done all this killing, and they said, now he's planning on killing you. Mm. And Jesus says, you tell that fox. Yeah. That's the first time. It's, he's so cool. Jesus is so cool. And the fox we think of, you know, kind of comes out at night, and he's like a little predator and goes after the weak and all that. Uh, or they're considered smart as a fox, wise as a fox, sly as a fox, whatever they say. Mm -hmm. But he, he just laughed about it. Yeah. Well, also he sees... He's basically saying, I got to do what I got to do. Right. I'm going to Jerusalem to yeah. finish my mission, and that's that, whether he likes it or not. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end there, he, he does, uh, I, I believe me, and you talked about this in the other Gospels when we were reading through. Uh, he's talking about Jerusalem, and it's, it's really poetic how they kill the prophets and stone the messengers that were sent to him. But he wanted to gather them up like a hen gathers his chicks. Yes. And um, and he weeps over them. Yeah. The compassion of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus. For the people who were rejecting him, yes. trying to kill him, yeah. actually. Um, amazing. Yeah. Uh, 14, uh, Jesus is having a meal at one of the ruling Pharisees' houses. Um, and it, it mentions they were watching him trying to trap him yeah doesn't uh, that sound familiar so it wasn't just a nice meal it was yeah. some kind of setup here and there's a guy there who has a disease some kind of dropsy have dropsy. you ever seen i've someone? never heard of dropsy dropsy is uh when a person um what i when i was growing up as a kid it's when their skin becomes very large on their legs it's called dropsy the skin like drops and it swells up and becomes very big and they can't usually have trouble walking or they can't walk at all hmm. so that miracle would have been seen drastically because yeah, his leg no would have question. been huge yeah. and it would have gone like that and here he heals him and again the pharisees are upset and i mean they've just got humiliated yeah. <laughs> he heals again on the sabbath and and you know and uh here they're upset again because says, of their tradition. yeah this is actually maybe the part i was thinking of where he he talks about they help their ox and their son on the Sabbath. Yeah. And they can't, it says they stay quiet. They can't answer him. Well, they, they, they know he's right. And, and because they're, he is exposing them, exposing their heart is mm -hmm. what he's doing. Mm -hmm. That's why they want to get rid of him. Yeah. Uh, then we have the parable of the wedding feasts. Yeah. Uh, interesting. It's basically talking about the being, being humble. Yeah. So if you choose the humble way, you can get exalted. Yeah. And if you exalt yourself, you might get humiliated because he tells you. Yeah, there's a difference between being humble and being humiliated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And because the people who were invited to the banquet made excuses that Jesus then says, go to the highways and the byways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. And we've used that over and over to go out and invite people to come into the house yeah. of God and come to Christ. And and many who have been invited to receive Christ have said no, hmm. made excuses. And he kind of points out it's kind of, I don't know if it's the outcasts of the society or yeah. the people who had troubles end up being the ones who say yes. Yeah. And um, I've 
you know, I grew up when Christ, especially Pentecostals were on the wrong side of the track. Hmm. And they always said we were the poor and the uneducated. Hmm. But we poor and uneducated grew up and because of God's blessings became business people and doctors and lawyers and all that. And it overwhelmed them hmm. because they saw God's blessings. And we moved from the other side of the track. Yeah. He brings the humble and the poor in because he wants to elevate them because of their heart. Hmm. Uh, awesome. Uh, 15, we get into, again, the Pharisees are mad at Jesus for welcoming sinners and tax collectors. And he gives this the, uh, amazing story, parable, about a shepherd leaving the 99 to find the one lost sheep. And how heaven rejoices over the lost that are found and not what is already found. Now, notice how it says it. Heaven, there's joy in heaven over one sinner mm -hmm. that repents more than the 99 who are safe yeah. or are saved. And it's interesting. He goes on and gives, he gives three of these, the, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. Yeah. And each one is, he's like trying to... It's specific, not just about finding the loss. It's about also what's already there. He's trying to explain to them why he's so excited and going after these other people and that they should be excited too. Yeah. Each one of every story has not just finding something you lost. You already have some. He already has sheep. He has 99. Not saying the sheep are bad. He's trying to explain to them why heaven rejoices. Yeah. Uh, they the lost coin. She already has ten coins. Then she loses one and finds it. And she's excited. And the prodigal son. There's two sons. Uh, one takes his inheritance and goes and wastes it. Lives. This says on reckless and immoral living. Falls on hard times and uh, eventually comes back to his senses and goes home. And his father runs out and and meets him. Brings him a robe and the ring and the whole deal. But it yeah. ends, again, with the other brother. Not each, being happy. Each of Isn't these stories is as much about what's already there, what was the sheep that were still there, yeah. the coins that he already had, the brother, as much as it is about the thing that was lost. Yeah. It's about the person that he was talking to them specifically. Yes, he was. About, Why aren't you excited yeah, that a, these you are coming? You can be excited about this. Yes. You know, and they weren't. Yeah. You can be excited about these healings. You can be excited about these coming into the kingdom of God. Why yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Awesome. Um, and so that's where we end on our New Testament reading. Uh, that's the end of 15. And so let's go ahead and we'll jump over. We've got a lot to cover. Oh my, do we have a lot reading. to cover. 1 Samuel 1 through 18. So let's go ahead and jump into it. I'll do a quick introduction. Sure. First and Second Samuel originally was one book. Mm -hmm. uh, the people there are Samuel the prophet, of course, and David, Saul and David. And this records, this book records the transition of the judges and the beginning of kings in Israel. And it's divided into two sections, and I think that helps. The first seven chapters are the life and ministry of Samuel. And then the remainder of the book are the events during the reign of Saul. Hmm. And, of course, it begins with the story of Hannah. And we know she was barren, and she began to pray for a child. And she said, God, if you'll give me a son, 
I'll dedicate him to you. Mm-hmm. And we use this a lot at baby dedication. And, uh, and of course, the Lord did give her a child. And here's what she's here with her prayer. For this child I prayed, and I have lent him to the Lord. Mm. And that's how we should feel about our children. They have been given to us, but we lend them to the Lord. Wow. I love that. I love that. And she did. She brings him after he was weaned. And sometimes we think, well, what was he six months old or a year old? But in those days, they were about six years old. Oh, wow. So it was not like it was in infant in diapers. Mm-hmm. She had so she had that input into his life until he was at least five or six. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so she brings him back to she Eli. She brings the him priest. back to Eli the priest. And uh, now it's very interesting. Eli's sons were wicked, <laughs> mm-hmm. even though they were called priests. They were wicked. They did not know the Lord. But Samuel ministered to the Lord. And the only example he had was Eli. Of course, he had his mother and father. Uh, but Eli's sons were definitely not an example to him. Yeah. Um, one thing interesting there is Hannah's Hannah's prayer. It's actually kind of, it reminded me of uh, the way it reads there. It's, it's kind of similar to um, Mary's, the mother of Jesus. Yes, it was. Her song of praise yes. or, or whatever. It's very similar. I think she was reflecting on that in, yes. in her in mary's oh wow uh, there's some similarities there yeah. that's really cool. i never thought about that but that's true um, that's true so like you said uh samuel is now serving under eli yeah and um by the way hannah did go on to have more children she yeah. had three sons and two daughters so god blessed her and, and a prophet comes and prophesies to eli that he and his sons will die they're all going to die because they haven't honored God. Well, here's what he said. Listen to this. He said, you have honored your sons More than above ever. God. Yeah. You allowed them to be a disgrace in the house of God and didn't put them out. That's what was happening. You didn't correct them. Mm. You did not correct them. And that's what fathers and mothers are to do, to correct their children. Yeah. And he did not. And so when uh, we get into three here, it's... Uh, the situation where God is calling out to Samuel, he keeps thinking it's Eli calling him. This happens three times. They go back and forth. Eventually, uh, I, Eli tells him it's God. He realizes yes, it and says, does. just listen. And Speak so, for your servant hears. Yeah. Now he says, I'm listening. What do you want me to do? <laughs> oh, and then the listen. Here he is. We don't know exactly how old he is. He said he was a child. Uh, I mean, we could say up to tw- 10, 12 years old, maybe. But the Lord speaks the judgment that's going to come on Eli's house to little Samuel. Yeah. And he's afraid Super to intense. share that. Who wouldn't be? <laughs> Guess what? The first time the Lord comes to me, he's going to do you in. <laughs> and so he, he gives a generic answer. It says, the Lord's will do what's right. Yeah. That's all he says. <laughs> but when he does share, Eli said, this is the Lord. By the way, in the beginning of chapter 3, it said the word of the Lord was precious in that days, mm. in that day. There was no open vision. The word precious there means scarce. Mm. There was no vision for the people, and the word of God was scarce. The people did not have the word. So Samuel was growing up in this. Yeah. But it says on down in chapter 3 that Samuel grew and did not let his words fall to the ground, mm. which meant he had... He did not speak vain words, 
Mm. When he spoke was truth, and he was very serious about what he was doing. And God established him as a prophet, and the Lord revealed himself to him. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And in four, we start getting into a situation. Israel's fighting and losing to the Philistines, and Israel brings the ark um, Ark of the Covenant to yeah, the, the camp two to sons help change it, their yeah. fortune. Right. The two sons think, if we got the ark, it will be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so they bring it out, and uh, but they lose anyways. Yeah. I think 30,000 or something crazy. A lot of them. And during this, the ark is stolen. And the two sons of Eli are killed. And Yeah. And then when they go back and they tell Eli, he hears it, and it's... Um, uh, he falls backward on his chair and breaks his neck. Yeah, but it dies. said when he hears that the ark was taken, that's the first thing that sh- that shook him. Mm. But then that his sons had also died. Yeah, it was over too overwhelming to him. Yeah, and notice the one son, Phineas's wife, has a baby and names him Ichabod, mm-hmm. which means the glory of God has departed from this place. That's some kind of name. <laughs> How would you like to go through life, Ichabod? And everybody knows <laughs> what it means. You don't want and that. And they mention him two or three times in this. Yeah, Ichabod, Ichabod's son, Ichabod this, and mm-hmm. I thought, oh my goodness, don't ever name your kid that, please. Yeah. Chap- chapter five. God judges the Philistines for taking the ark. They took I the think ark, it's, and it's and it's it's pretty wild. Uh, it's it curses kind of wherever it goes. Yeah. Well, their false god Dagon keeps, keeps falling over. Yeah. And then they all get hemorrhoids. Is that what that is? <laughs> it's hemorrhoids it in their says secret parts. The one. Oh wow. It's That's hemor- crazy. Huge hemorrhoids. That's a great detail. And they um, cannot. They can't walk. They can't sit down. They can't go to the bathroom they can't do anything so they send the ark to another city and the mm-hmm. same thing happens to them yeah <laughs> so the judgment of god comes on them. <laughs> All right. so, i don't want to laugh about so that get, yeah it wasn't i don't think they were laughing no. uh, you get to six uh it says they had the ark for seven months yeah and the priests come together and they plan to send the ark back the Philistines. Or, or, yeah, the, oh, the Philistine, Philistine priests. But look at their offering, their trespass offering. Five gold hemorrhoids. And rats. <laughs> and five rats. But what they said, the mice had overcome the cities. Mm-hmm. So these were offerings saying, please get rid of the hemorrhoids and please get rid of the mice. <laughs> They've overrun wow. our city. And so they, our country. S- they send it back on a... An, like a, a new cart, a yeah. new cart, and carried by two cows. Yeah. And by the way, also that trespass offering was them giving honor to God, the God yeah, of Israel. Yeah, I, I think they were trying their, how they knew how to make up for it, yeah. make things right for Here's an it. interesting note uh, that I saw. God had smitten or killed 55,310 men because they looked inside the ark. Hmm. That's doesn't that remind you of Indiana Jones yeah, when they opened like, the ark and <laughs> they melted? It's like radioactive but or something. Fifty-five thousand three hundred and ten. They counted evidently. Men died because somebody looked in the ark. Yeah, isn't that amazing? And in fact, when the Israelites get it back, uh, they received the chest, and then many of them died too for looking yeah. in it. I think yeah. seventy. I forget what it is, but yes. But they don't even take it back to Israel. They take it to, well, they take it back to Israel, but to a a man's house, Abinadad. 
and his son Eliezer took care of the ark for 20 years. Mm. They left it there for 20 years. I think that's amazing yeah. that they didn't bring it back in. So, so it goes on. Um, Israel is begging God for help to uh, defeat these Philistines, and Samuel tells them if they really want to return to the Lord, basically prove it, get rid of your idols. Right. They, they must all have idols. Um, and so he brings them all together. Uh, Samuel does all the people together to pray and like a, a meeting of all the uh, people of Israel. And while they're meeting, the Philistines attack. Mm-hmm. And Samuel says, keep on praying. And God answers and thunder comes mm-hmm. and scares the Philistines and it causes confusion and they run away. And when they run away, Israel chases them down and yeah. defeats them. Yeah. Always remember in the Bible, there's if and then if you'll do this, return to the Lord, then I will deliver you. There's mm-hmm. always if and then. God gives us choices. Yeah. Okay. And so we get into chapter 8. The people are wanting a king. And they ask Samuel to get them a king. And he's sad about this because they see it as the people rejecting God as their leader. Um, well, God tells Samuel that. They have not rejected you. They've rejected me. Yeah. So. And but but he gives it to him anyway. Yes, and but Samuel warns them. This is what's going to happen to you when you get a king. Yeah. They said we don't care. We want a king. Yeah. And here's why they want to be like the other nations. Yeah. And how many times do we hear that? We want to be like this these people or those people, this star or hmm. this nation or this whatever. And in know. fact, it says you'll eventually pray to God to save you from that king. <laughs> they do that too. Going to give you. <laughs> Uh, so we get into nine. We start to get into the story of Saul. It says Saul was tall and good looking, yes. taller than most of the people. Head taller. And so. and so there's this whole long story about yeah. how Samuel and Saul finally meet. Yeah, Saul sent to look for his father's donkeys. Yeah, it's a he whole... asked for a seer, and so when Samuel, uh, the Lord speaks to Samuel that Saul's coming. And so when he finds uh, that Saul is going to be anointed the king. Mm-hmm. So when they meet, they already know that. And so he eventually does. He, he meets up with Saul and anoints him. And it's really interesting because he gives him instructions to go to a certain city. Yeah. And that this is after he's anointed him, that he's going to run into these prophets mm-hmm. who are prophesying. And there's some kind of procession where there's uh, people playing instruments. And that when Saul gets there, he's going to be overtaken by the Spirit and prophesy also. And it'll be a sign. Yeah. And not only a sign to him, but the sign to everybody around him. Yeah. And he begins to prophesy, and he said he's turned into another man. Different person, yeah. Different person. And uh, so it's very interesting. Uh, but when Saul goes to Israel then to proclaim, uh, when Samuel goes to Israel, is Israel to proclaim Saul as the king, it's very interesting, the humility of Saul. He was hiding. Mm, he was very right. humble at that time. Yeah. They had to go find him because yeah. he was kind of, you know, very humble and kind of backward and all that. But when the people saw him and how tall he was and good looking he was, they went, "Woo! God saved the king. We've got the one now. Yeah. See, Samuels, look who we've got. Yeah. And so it gets into... Um, uh, He's decided, uh, 
he's made king in front of of the tribal elders, but then immediately uh, this king Nahash of Amon uh, surrounds the town of Jabesh. Yes, and That's it's going to take 11. them out, and they're yeah. going to make this peace deal, but it's really not. He's going to poke their eye out. Yeah, this whole thing. So Saul goes and gets the army together and goes and beats this guy. Yeah. And basically, this victory solidifies yeah. he's the him king as now. king. Now yeah. they really yeah. see this guy as the before real God and the people. The people receive him as the king. Now we're in chapter twelve. Yep. Yeah. Samuel gives his farewell speech. Yep. Yeah. He's um, old now. He recounts uh, like all these leaders do the history yeah. of Israel and how many times God has saved them. He's, he's warning them yeah. that they better serve the Lord. Um, and when he ends his prayer, there's a thunderstorm mm-hmm. that shows up and scares everybody. Um, and it's against the evil that they had for asking for a king. Right. God right. shows, I'm going to let you do it, but this is how I really feel about it. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird because it's, yeah. it's like, yes, it's evil, it's wrong, but go ahead. It's like it's like God. It's like a parent relenting to their kid. I know. It. Okay. Okay. Fine. You I know what's going to happen though. When this you is going to be a problem. <laughs> and he's right. And so it goes on here. Saul is in battle with the Philistines. We get into thirteen. Yeah, this is his first sin. Saul really he's shows outnumbered himself. and in trouble, and his men are in fear, and they're like in hiding. And Samuel has told Saul to wait. Right. And Saul has been king now for two years. Mm. So, uh, and when Samuel, when he thinks Samuel's late, Samuel wasn't late. He just got anxious or fearful. Yeah. So Saul offers the sacrifice instead of Samuel the prophet. Yeah. Which is a big no, 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 no. Yeah. And he's, he's pretty angry says, what did you do this for? Yeah, what have you done? What a dumb thing. Samuel did. makes, ex- Saul makes excuses yeah. like we all do, right? Yeah. But this is the punishment. Your kingdom shall not continue. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was a big deal. Um, 14, it gets into Jonathan. It talks about Jonathan. His son, uh, Saul's, Saul's son. son. And there's this deal where him, Jonathan and his it says servant, but it's like armor his bearer. Ar- armor yeah. bearer, yeah. but he's also a soldier. It's yeah. basically his main uh, yeah. soldier yeah. Uh, companion of some sort. Yeah. Anyways, they go up, and just the two of them decide <laughs> to take on the Philistines. And they win. They and they do. win. They, do. they go up, and they're brave. But they I'm going to show you. This shows be with them. Saul's heart. His real heart. The other one did. It showed his disobedience, showed his heart in the other chapter. But this really shows his heart. Hmm. Because he had said, I don't want any soldier to eat anything or you'll be cursed. Yeah. Jonathan didn't hear this because he's fighting and he's getting weak. And he has a, puts his little band there and takes a little bit of honey to his lips to have some strength. Yeah. So after the Philistines are defeated and Israel has a great victory... Saul's going to kill his son for eating that little bit of honey. Right. His own son who just won this great victory. Yeah, he's mixed up. Um, and, of course, the soldiers said, how can you do this? And they yeah. rescue Jonathan. Yeah, the soldiers <laughs> cry out for him because he's basically the one. He he won the victory for he him. Did. And now he was going to be the and one instead who gets of, killed. Instead of Saul going, yay, look what yeah. happened. Look at my son. I'm proud of you, boy. No, I'm yeah. going to kill you. <laughs> 
Yeah, but it it does say at the end there, at, uh, end of chapter fourteen, that Saul is does become a victorious king. He's yeah. fighting back the Moabites, the yeah. Ammonites, the Edomites, the Philistines, and the Amalekites. You know, but it we also don't... says he's okay. at war with the Philistines his whole entire life. Yes. Well, a lot of times we see the negative, just a spot of negative here and there, but they have many, many positives. Yeah. And yeah, these characters, I love it. They're, they're flaws and they're... Yes, the honesty of the Bible is they're amazing. They're heroes at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So we get into 15. Saul uh, tells God he wants vengeance on the Amalekites. Right. And he ha- he wants them to go and take them out. And to destroy everything, everything all of Everything and everybody. And so Saul does, but he keeps the best sheep and the cattle. And he and lets the king. the king live. Yes. And, and Saul blames the people. I was afraid of the people. Yeah. Uh, and Samuel, the prophet, says to him, to obey is better than sacrifice. Mm. Yeah, because he tries to make it, I can't tell if he's for real or not, that he was going to really keep it for, for sacrifice. Oh, yes, I'm going to sacrifice all these was, good sheep yeah. that I kept. Which yeah. he really wasn't. No. I think it was a scam, and he knows it. Yeah. So Samuel confronts him, and... Um, super intense he he's not having it and uh samuel again tells him that he can't be king yeah uh because because he feared the people more than god feared the people more than god yeah sounds familiar doesn't it so and so saul is begging him uh for forgiveness he's trying to make this right eventually he tears his robe he's begging him he wants Samuel to go with him in front of the people, mm-hmm. uh, so he looks okay, and he does. But when Samuel goes back, he uh, he kills the king in front of everybody. Says he chops him up. Well, some think, kind of priest, and I think it freaked everybody out. I do too. It put fear in all of them. And this is the sad part: Samuel saw Saul, did not see Saul anymore. Yeah, but he grieved for him. Yeah. So I think Saul felt totally forsaken too. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bad situation. It even says God was sorry he made Saul king. Yeah. Uh, 16, though, we get into God tells Samuel now to stop being sad yeah. about Saul and go see Jesse in Bethlehem. He's chosen one of his sons to be king, and it goes through the story there about how Samuel goes. And, it, and it's I, I said that, I think it freaked everybody out because it mentions it. In chapter 16, how the people were scared when Samuel showed up. <laughs> Are you here for good or something else? Goes, no. Have you got your sword with yeah. you? <laughs> what are you here for, Samuel? And it's very interesting. The Lord says to Samuel, don't look at the outward appearance because yeah, I'm looking at the heart. Because here Saul was so tall, and they say that David was short. Hmm. He was ruddy, which means he was red-haired, freckled-faced, and but he was very, very handsome. Mm-hmm. He was very, very handsome. They said he was goodly, which means goodly. very handsome. So here he sees the first seven sons, and I think they were probably all big, and he thinks, this one's it, this one's it, seven of them. Yeah. And he says, finally says, are there any more? Yep. And I think the brothers were saying, surely not that little redheaded guy out in the field. <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing because when it comes time, it says Jesse pours the oil. It specifically mentions his brothers watched it. Yeah. Like, uh, they were like, 
amazed and why sure he was happening the young brother he was the little baby spirit of the lord came on david right then from From that from then on amazing here's the negative part it said the spirit of the lord came on david but it says the spirit of the lord departed from saul yeah and an evil spirit came on him yeah and then they who they call for david david so who to play the harp over saul and the evil spirit would depart yeah and it said that that first Saul really loved David. Yeah, and he saw the goodness in David. Yeah, and he's he's. It's interesting because well, I'll get into this in a second. But David is basically hired, hired there, uh, to help Saul. Yes, he is. And he's he soothes him with the music when he's having trouble. Yeah. Uh, but I think he was also carrying his weapons. He was he was in charge. A of little some bit things of everything. There. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's interesting to note. That when he would sing, that the evil spirit would leave. There's something about music, anointed music yeah. of praise and worship, because the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. So when you worship and the, his spirit comes in and he inhabits our praise, any evil spirit has to go. Hmm. That's always been such a blessing to me to when I read that and saw the principle of it. Yeah. And so 17, we get into Israel is fighting with the Philistines and they're sort of set up uh looking at each other yeah. over this valley and there um uh there is a person named Goliath who is a giant he's 9 foot the 9 hero. inches tall 9 foot 9 inches we don't even have people that tall today think of his spear was over 12 foot 5 inches mm. so think how, and the average man in that day was about 51 to 54 so he was double their size. And, and so, remember, David was shorter. Yeah. So he was probably five foot. <laughs> Even shorter, yeah. <laughs> so he's shouting out insults to Israel day and night. Uh, it says it went on for 40 days. Every morning he comes out there and challenges them. And David's father has sent him down to bring his brother's food and yeah, check on them. Yeah, they've got three, three older sons have gone to war. And so when he's down there... He hears this and he starts asking questions like, who does he think he is and whatnot? And it actually says his brothers get mad. They make fun of him. Who do you think you are? Just because you killed a bear and a lion with the sheep, it doesn't mean you can kill this guy, you know. They make fun of him. And so. But also he hears about Saul's offering a big reward. That's true. Remember that. Remember that. And so Saul hears that David is there, calls him up. Uh, basically tells him he doesn't have a chance. But David said, I've killed lions and bears and uh, wild animals, and I'll do the same thing to Goliath. God will rescue him. And he says, okay. Saul says, okay, but he tries to give him his armor. His armor is too heavy. Uh, David can't use it. He uses what's tried and true. Yeah. Slinging stones. And so... (laughs) David goes out to meet Goliath. Goliath is mocking him. Um, David says, you have a sword and a spear, but I fight in the name of the Lord. Now, listen, Goliath called him a dog, and David called him uncircumcised. (laughs) And he said this, is there not a cause? David said, there's a cause here. Hmm. I'm fighting for a cause. We've got to realize if we're going to fight, fight for a cause. Yeah. And I love David's faith. He, you come at me with a sword. I come at you in the name of the Lord. And this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. Yeah. And he ran toward him. Mm. He didn't say, 
Oh, Lord, help. Oh, Lord, help. And shake and fear. He ran toward yeah. him. And he had five stones. And I heard somebody preach this, said that Goliath had four other brothers and said that David oh, was, was ready, ready to take all, <laughs> all five of them. <laughs> well, he tells them before they fight that uh, he's going to knock them down and cut his head off and feed them to the animals. So and he did. He is. Uh, I forget how many days he went around with his head. Hmm. showing everybody what, what he had. Look what I did. Look what I yeah. did. I so, his so he goes, um, Goliath goes towards David. David takes his rock and his sling and throws it, hits Goliath in the forehead, says it cracks his skull. He falls down, face down. David runs over and grabs Goliath's sword and cuts his head off. And everybody sees what has happened. The Philistines are scared and start running away. And now... Israel has the momentum, and they Absolutely. start chasing him down. And so, yeah, it does say, David takes Goliath's head to Jerusalem, <laughs> and he keeps his weapons in his tent. I know. Isn't yeah. that the coolest? <laughs> so. He let but everybody what's, know. What's weird there, at the end, it it talks like Saul doesn't know who David is. Did you notice that? Yes. He's like, I who wondered, is this guy? Uh, I think he's meant it like this. This is the musician. Do you mean he's also like a soldier? I don't think he knew. Like it surprised him. Oh, it shocked him. Yeah. This is David? He's a warrior too. David can do this? Mm. That's why when he came to him, he put armor on him because he said, how do you think you're going to fight? Yeah. You're just a kid out in the sheep field mm. that plays a... What do you think of someone that plays a piano? Do you mm. think of him grabbing a sword or a gun and going out in the as a Marine or a... Yeah. What, what do you call those guys up in the military high up? Uh, a like Navy a, SEAL or something? Navy SEAL yeah. or, yeah. So you think, right. you a Navy SEAL sitting over there playing the piano? Yeah. Come on, kid. Yeah. <laughs> and you're short and tiny. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, 18, we get into David and Jonathan become friends. Yes. Um, and it says, from then on, David lived with uh, Saul's family there. Yeah. And uh, David and, and Jonathan made a covenant of friendship that remained throughout their lives. Yeah. And even later, we know that David brought uh, Jonathan's son to live with him. Yeah. Remember that? And, and, and so David it, it becomes a really successful army officer. Um, Saul puts him in charge of uh, leading some of the army. And he's becoming more and more popular. And Saul is not liking it. Well, he's had two things happen. The friendship with his son, who he wanted to be king. Hmm to take his, you know, to take over his place. And then all Israel loved him. So here he's got this problem now and the jealousy there. Yeah. Now Saul has to reward David. Remember, he promised a reward and he gave him his daughter, Micah. But remember this, he said, the Bible says this, he gave her to him because he felt she would be a snare to him. Yeah, he he actually several of these situations. Paul, uh, Saul is trying to set David up. Yeah, he can't kill him outright himself, yep. but he he's trying to set it up so he'll die in battle. Right, and uh, this whole thing with his daughter and all this yeah. stuff—it's really just a setup so yep. he can get him killed. But David keeps winning. <laughs> I know. It doesn't work, <laughs> and so it's making him even more even mad. more. He realizes God's with David, and also he said he found out. His daughter really loved David. And yeah. he said, oh, no, everything I'm planning is not working. And this whole time, Saul is oppressed by an evil spirit. Right. I think it was really messing with his mind. I do, too. Everything David did was just 
blown up in his head. And, and, and but David served him faithfully, him. and it said he was more wise than all of Saul's servants, mm. and more faithful yeah. than all of them. Uh, yeah, it's so it's amazing. And so it ends there with uh, basically saying, it, uh, the story will keep going, but um, it says the Philistines keep fighting Israel this whole time, but whenever David fights them, they win. And he's basically on the rise. He's becoming more and more successful and yeah. popular in spite of um, having internal <laughs> enemies, <laughs> his own people not liking him. Yeah. And so, and it actually says there that uh, uh, when David, I think, be- gets Saul's daughter one of these victories, that from then on, David was seen as an enemy to Saul. Yes. He he crossed some kind of line in his mind and his heart yeah. that he he uh I was, think he realized over. that jo- his son Jonathan was not going to be king. David had just become too popular. Yeah. In fact, he had warned his son, "Stay away from him. Don't you know he's going to take your place?" But he already knew from what had happened with Samuel. Absolutely. What was going Absolutely. on? Absolutely. Sure. Uh, so there's a lot of so so much good stuff here. A lot of tragedy, but a lot of a lot of good. Uh, a lot of good, and um, uh, obviously, this is this is a a huge story. The story of David here that we've been leading up to, getting to, and man uh, after own, God's own heart. Yeah, awesome stuff. Yeah. So that's the end. That's the end of our reading here in Samuel eighteen, and so that is our week 15 we'll be coming back next week with week 16 and uh it's been great thank you so much pastor katrina for it's been great i love doing this so great going through the word and uh getting to uh reflect on it together uh thanks everybody for tuning in keep tuning in subscribe and share and uh we'll keep uh, going through the word together have a great week amen